Good people of South Baltimore, hello and welcome to South Baltimore Now, the podcast brought to you by SouthBMore.com. I'm Nate Carper, and this is our first episode of 2024. With me is Kevin Lynch, the man behind SouthBMore.com, a website that covers everything you need to know about South Baltimore. Kevin's also an amazing pizza chef and a dad of three and a huge sports fan, in case you didn't know. Today, we have a special episode for you. We're on location here at the South Baltimore Little League Fields, where we're joined by two board members and fellow dads, Brendan O'Brien and Eli Worth. They're here to tell us about the new season of the South Baltimore Little League, which starts soon. So I'm gonna take a seat in the dugout, but first I'm gonna turn it over to Kevin Lynch. What's up, Kev? What's going on? Enjoying these offices here at the South Baltimore Little League field. It's actually a beautiful day. Looking forward to spring. Yeah, it'll be baseball weather before you know it. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm really excited about sharing this story because it's it's not only a story about a really great youth sports league, but it's also a business story and a real estate story at the same time. So even if you're not into youth rec sports, I think you'll find that the story about how this league is managed and run, very interesting and uh, full disclosure, I'm very involved in South Baltimore Little League myself. I have kids that play, I do some coaching and I'm on the board. So I'm not an unbiased interviewer here, but I, I love what these guys are doing. It's not the First time in the last 24 hours I've met with them. So uh, so I like what is going on here at South Baltimore Little League. And I think it's a, an interesting story, whether you like baseball or not. So let's, uh, let's go ahead and meet Brendan and Eli. So Brendan, why don't you tell us a little bit about the history of South Baltimore Little League? South Baltimore Little League has a really great history here on the peninsula. We currently are on Ford Avenue next to where the Coca-Cola plant used to be. It's a piece of property that was given to us by Coca-Cola 25 years ago. But many people in the neighborhood may remember when South Baltimore Little League played where shoppers, the shopping state, where the giant used to be. Talked to many older folks who remember those days. So been here since 1957, had a lot of success early on in the Little League, and it's been a great place for the kids of South Baltimore, as well as a great place to volunteer your time. Just could go on and on about the great volunteers that have come before us. Awesome. And this property we're at right now, the Little League Complex, is owned by the Little League. So tell us a little bit about how that happened and briefly tell us what it's like managing a property like this. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't around when, when it happened, but 25 years ago, the Coca-Cola syrup plant, I believe it was, was closing down. And these fields were being used by the Little League. And I think as a gesture to the neighborhood, Coca-Cola decided to uh, offer this property the Little League. It was a 25-year plan, I believe, that had some stipulation. So for example, the first few years, the only thing we could serve here were Coca-Cola products when it comes to drinks, et cetera. What it's done is it's provided us a home where we don't have to search for a place to play. We don't have to compete with others for field space. And I believe we are the only Little League in the state of Maryland and maybe one of a handful around the country who own their own property. It is expensive to maintain, for sure. The field maintenance costs, as well as maintaining baseball fields, are expensive. But most of our labor to take care of the fields is free. comes in the form of volunteers. And I know, too, being involved in other rec sports, it is cool that if there's rain or if there's weather, you don't have to wait on that call from Reckon Parks to see if we can play or not. We have all these great volunteers that will get up early in the morning, work hard, and get the fields playable. So is that cool just to know that things are a lot more in your control? 
That's cool. It's pretty stressful to yeah. decide whether to play or not. I can tell you, it seems like at the time we have to make the call, it's often unclear whether we should call off a game or not. And people who've lived around here long enough know that it can be raining now, but in uh, two hours it could be sunny and beautiful. And so that's a stressful call to make. Sure. I, I love rain overnight and on the weekends after we're finished playing. That's great. Keep the grass watered. We'll start controlling the weather in phase yeah, project, wouldn't right? wouldn't mind. <laughs> now, looking out at these fields, obviously, I see there's some strategic partnerships. We got the Domino dugouts, and we got the Under Armour scoreboard, and I know we're surrounded by McHenry Row, which has really grown around this complex. That's a development by 28 Walker. So talk about how you guys have used some strategic partnerships and sponsorships to help grow this facility. Over the years, we've been able to approach local businesses to improve our fields. As you, you mentioned, the Domino Sugar dugouts are terrific, keeps the sun off of our kids during the games. We've been overwhelmed over the years at the generosity of local businesses. Even when we hang a banner out on the fence because to show off our sponsors, people drive by and call us and say, I'd like to have a banner too. So people really love to be involved with the Little League. We are blessed beyond, you can imagine, to have people calling us to be sponsors for our league. So we're, we're very thankful for that. And, and one of the jobs that you have and Eli on our board is to be sure that we're good stewards of that money and put it towards players and putting on a good product in the field. And I know in firsthand, the range of talents you have on your board is, is quite incredible. You have one of the best ad sales people helping you to sell those sponsorships. We have prosecutors, we have defense attorneys. I'm sure there's somebody who could fix a broken arm within our board. So talk about the importance of having these volunteers on the board and what it's like to have like such a range of talents that can help make this a better organization. Our board is full of very talented people and their day jobs are, yeah, it's a real who's who who contribute to the Little League. But I think more importantly, if you look at what we all have in common with our children and a love for the community, that's the thing that is the biggest determining factor of how well we perform here. Everyone is so committed to our community and that in turn leads to commitment and success for our league. That's the common thread in my opinion. And tell us about your story a little bit. Obviously you're a a baseball dad, but now you're the, the president of South Baltimore Little League. How'd that happen? A few years ago, before the start of a season, we had our former president, Quinn. I think she just finally had had enough. I know that she'd been with the league for a long time, and I think she found an opportunity to, to step aside. So I fell backwards into it initially. I've been happy to have the support of the board to continue on as president. It's my third year as president. I know that I sit atop of the Little League, but my job, I see my job as really serving underneath all the board members and all the VPs of our leagues to make sure that they can have a successful season. My job, I think, is more support for everyone else on the board than sort of directing and making decisions top down. We've got some great people who, who really have some thoughts about the direction of where we should go, including Eli, who has resurrected our softball program here. So I think my job is to sort of get out of his way and just make sure he has what he needs to be successful. And Eli, I know you've shared the story with me before, but tell everybody about why you wanted to start softball. Well, it was really my, my daughter. She just, she came to me after, she, she loves playing. She loved playing baseball, but the boys were kind of getting on her nerves. <laughs> She's like, Is can't there? imagine that. <laughs> She'd kind of had enough with eight-year-old boys. She wanted an opportunity to try and play softball. She was watching TV, saw girls playing softball, and she just identified with it more so she said dad make a softball league and i said okay <laughs> and that's how we got here and and 
the community has completely run with it. I mean, I sort of threw it out there, but we've had so many great people volunteer and get involved from all over the city, not even just on the peninsula, to really make this a success. And we had, in our first year, we had about 60 girls sign up, and we're pushing 100 right now for this season. It's been, been fantastic just being involved with it. Talk about some of the partnerships you've had in getting this softball league going. There were several club teams within the city. One particular came to us because she saw the, the woman who runs her name is Ebony Johnson. She, she watched the Little League World Series and was like, I want my girls to be a part of this. So she came to me and said, like, where we can take you know, our girls that are mainly in like the Clifton Park area and bring them down here and help you get this thing started. So she's been, the partnership with her has been great because she's been doing softball in the city for years and just knew so many people like, if you want to do this, talk to this person. And so she's been uh, an amazing resource for us. We have a group from the Edmondson West Side area that's probably going to come play with us this year that she hooked us up with and they're right around our ability level. So that's going to be great. So we're really getting into communities, engaging communities throughout the city that normally weren't coming to the, the peninsula to, to take advantage of these opportunities. It's been great to, to really expand. And she's been a huge part of that. Myself having three different kids with three very different personalities that <laughs> soccer and sports like basketball are very aggressive sports where you really got to get in the mix. And one of the things I really liked about baseball is everyone gets a chance to hit when you're young. There's not a lot expected of you out in the field. So it's really a, a good sport for kids who maybe are not comfortable yet with trying to steal a ball from somebody or like risk their body to to make a play. And I, I was talking to one of my neighbors who had a daughter that was going through that same thing where she's just not into the aggressiveness of soccer. And she also didn't want to join a sport where everyone was so far ahead, where here's this great opportunity with softball, where there's a lot of girls in your program that are starting from scratch. And it's a sport where if you don't want to you know, go in and kind of fight somebody for a ball, maybe it's a good opportunity for somebody like that. So I guess make the pitch a little bit for Maybe some parents and girls out there that are looking for something new. Sure. It, it, there's, a, there's a huge range of ability, not even just softball, but throughout the league. And we have opportunities from ages really 6 through 14 for girls to come in, regardless of their ability level, and, and have a great experience. One of the nice things about how Little League is set up is that we have these tournaments that the, the girls that are more into it, they can really work towards that and, and get a, a very advanced, for the lack of a better term, experience. But there's also this sense of community. And I, I love really like working with the older, more experienced girls to have them be mentors for the younger girls and engaging that way and making sure that they're becoming role models for the younger ones. And it's something that I really want to work on this year. And so there's really a spot for everybody. Even if you're a 12-year-old that hasn't played this before, we can get you in the league and you're going to have a, a good experience. Very cool. And Talking about real estate here, obviously a softball field isn't exactly the same as a baseball field. So, so talk about some of the capital improvements you've had to make to have us ready for softball. Sure. Luckily, um, the softball diamond is 60 feet, which is what most of the Little League fields are. What we've really just needed to do was create the pitching plates at the right distance so we can get our, our pitchers going because the pitchers, the younger ones pitch from 35 feet and from flat ground versus a mound, which is what you use for baseball, and the older girls pitch from 40. So it was really just getting the pitching situation taken care of. So it wasn't too bad. We're starting to put a little bit more attention on our fields three and fields four, which are, are 
closer to McHenry Row and get them up to the, like, the dugouts in one or two are covered. So we're trying to get a lot of the attention that we put on one and two down on three and four to make sure that they're as good as the other fields because that's where the majority of the softball is going to be played, most likely. A little view in there into all the hard work the board and, and yes. all the, the parents involved are doing. And, and uh, talking about baseball, southbemore.com has covered some stories the last few years of some region championships of different levels. So, Brendan, just tell us, how's baseball doing in South Baltimore right now? Well, the Orioles, I think, took their cue from us and our success <laughs> last year and decided to go out and win 101 games. I've been saying, and I think it's true, that last year we had our most successful season of baseball in the history of South Baltimore Little League. Yes, there have been district champions before. We've sent teams to the states. But last year we sent four teams to state tournaments, and the future is bright. And Every one of those boys and girls are now a year older, and I think the credit is that we're doing something a little bit different. I think our practice, we've gone away from individual team practices and we now practice division-wide. So we have a practice called Skills and Drills. It's exciting practice. Kids are moving all the time. They spend seven or eight minutes on a particular skill, and then they move on to a different skill. If you remember your old baseball practices where everyone would stand in the field and one kid would hit, and you'd just stand around, a kid might get 20 swings. But on, our, on a typical Skills and Drills night, every player might take 150 swings and field 50 ground balls or fly balls. And we're doing a lot of things like that. So we think that is the reason that the future continues to look bright for South Baltimore Little League. We're coming off such a, a great season. I don't expect a letdown. In fact, I expect this year to be, to be even better. Not only that, our regular season, of course, is very competitive. We have wonderful coaches, we have great players, and every week we coach them up to be better the following week. We are developing pitchers. We are developing catchers. We're teaching kids how to run. We're teaching kids how to catch fly balls. So the one thing I'd like people to think about when they think about South Baltimore Little League is we are the total package. If you want your player to have fun, but also learn fundamentals, play competitively, have an opportunity to have a chance to go to the Little League World Series, and we also are affiliated with a club slash travel program, we've got it all. And we are the only game in town in the city of Baltimore. We are the only Little League. There are youth baseball programs out there, and they're all fine programs. But there's only one place to play Little League baseball. It's here on the peninsula. And anyone listening to this who wants part of that, they should look us up because we're really doing something special. Everyone was real excited for the championship game we had here. People involved are we're very excited about the community support was here. And then obviously the players were excited to have a great home field advantage for that game. Talk a little bit about the sense of community. Where obviously you, know, you take kids off their teams a little bit and have them work with different players every week with the skills and drills. Then you have the community support. And, and then look at this location. I mean, right on Ford Avenue, right in the middle of a busy shopping center. Everybody has seen this facility before. So just talk about the sense of community around this little league. Yeah, well, everybody calls Baltimore small Baltimore, but the, the community around, I'll even include all sports in South Baltimore, it's like a small town feel. The coaches who coach in baseball, coach in basketball and soccer and other sports here in the peninsula. So our kids get to know one another. We get to know the coaches. So I think that the suburbs don't have anything on us by any means. I'm glad you mentioned the Southeast Baltimore community because we do draw about 25% of our players from the other side of the harbor. 
And looking ahead, it's a logical place for South Baltimore to grow, expand. We know there's a lot of families over there that want to play baseball, but maybe getting to South Baltimore might be difficult during the week or something like that, so we're not necessarily considered. So we do have our sights set on expanding our community. Another thing that's important to us is that we are part of Little League Baseball's urban initiative. We are an urban initiative, Little League, both our baseball division and softball division. Eli, why don't you tell us about the urban initiative jamboree you took the softball players to last year in D.C.? Sure. Our older girls qualified for a tournament in D.C. where they played against teams from up and down the East Coast. Teams from Newark, a couple from D.C. I think there was one from Philadelphia, one from Connecticut, and maybe one from Virginia. There's a huge initiative within Little League put energy into the urban Little Leagues because they have space issues, they have transportation issues, so they need a little more TLC than some of the rural ones that have much more space. So they're creating these opportunities, like in this case, girls from cities up and down the East Coast to play against each other. And we did fantastic. I mean, for the first year to have a program, we came in second in that tournament. And I was, it was really a privilege to sit there in the championship game, even though we lost and seeing our girls do so well. Fantastic. I just want to follow up on that, that we were so proud to, to be able to send them to that tournament. And being an urban Little League, we do want to spread our wings across the peninsula, of course, but into more of uh, our district on the other side of the pond. We, if you looked at our footprint, we probably only draw from 30% of our district. So if I'm fortunate enough to continue on as president over the next few years, it's an effort that I think would be worthwhile is to find a way to expand further into Southeast Baltimore and even North and really attract more talent from those areas. Yeah, I mean, we should say that our footprint goes from 695 in the south all the way up to Towson and then out to the Chesapeake Bay from there. So we have a huge area and we're really only drawing from the peninsula and Canton for most of our enrollment. And, and also we're, we're talking about using fields over in Canton too, so just expanding beyond complex. We have an opportunity to partner with Hampstead Hill Academy and some of the schools on that side near Patterson Park. The Patterson Park Annex is underused and their baseball fields are overgrown. They're sort of disappearing back into the soil. And they've asked us if we would partner with them to resurrect those. And I think that would be, the board is still working on that. We're working on a plan. We're trying to decide the best way to have a presence on that side of the harbor, but it seems logical that with partners and perhaps with some support or from rec and parks in the city, that maybe this fall we might have some South Baltimore Little League offerings on that side. We're still working it through. Now, Brandon, obviously baseball can be a love-hate thing for a lot of people. So, so make the pitch to why parents or kids should want to come out here and, and try baseball. I don't think anybody would be surprised if I expressed my opinion that baseball is the greatest game that that we have and the reason is it teaches our kids a lot of really important lessons in life someone mentioned to me and it is true that every play in baseball has a winner and a loser someone gets a hit but a pitcher lets up the the hit right someone's out at first base but the first baseman made the catch and, and got the out so baseball teaches our kids resilience it teaches our kids grittiness and the ability to keep plugging and another lesson that it teaches us is we always have a second chance. You might strike out the first time, but you're going to get up again. What we hope is we can instill these values in our kids just by playing a game. And often they won't know 
although we do tell them these things, we tell them these are life lessons, but they'll look back on it, we think, if they embrace it the right way and if we coach them up the right way, they will understand how to work through difficult times and overcome. So I do think that baseball uniquely has a position to teach our kids and teach them those values. So that's why you should play baseball. And in the moment when it's exciting, there's nothing more exciting than watching people run around the bases and see if we can't get them out somewhere. You hinted at this in the opening where with basketball and soccer especially, it's really easy for one kid to just dominate the game. Yeah. You can't do that in baseball. I mean, you can have one really good pitcher shut down another team, but you have nine or 10 kids getting up individually, taking cracks at that pitcher, where you'll have kids running up and down a basketball court and they don't see the ball the whole game. So you have guaranteed opportunities in baseball. And I don't want to make it seem like I'm trashing basketball and soccer where my kids play it. I love coaching that. And it's, yeah, it's they're just different sports. Yeah, it's just yeah. a different sport. So your opportunities are much more guaranteed. You might not get a ball hit you in the field, but you know you're going to get that at bat. And I think that's a big deal. And to go to what Brendan said about the failure, I, I think that's fantastic that there isn't this um, game where if you succeed 30% of the time, you're great. Whereas if you get a 30 on a test in school, that's going to be a big situation. Mm -hmm. So just to have that sort of dichotomy there and, and having them deal with the failure and work through it and realizing that it's more about the process than the end result and to keep going and keep working, that's big. I'd love that for my kids and the kids that I coach. Yeah, for sure. And then if you play baseball, you can go through life thinking you have a lucky pair of socks or a lucky <laughs> breakfast. So if you turn left going out your door, you're going to have a good day. So yeah. all the superstition that comes with it. Yeah, we, we do a good job of teaching the proper superstitions in baseball too. So I uh, just want you to know that <laughs> that is not dying here, not on our watch. I don't know if this is a uh, science story or superstition, but I know the machine pitch team I was involved in last year, our season turned around when I started bringing a barrel of pretzels and granola bars into the dugout <laughs> on the weeknight games. So, so that was, I don't know if that was superstition or a bunch of hangry kids at six o'clock on a weeknight, but I had a couple Whatever you got to do to win, right? That's, that's right. I, I always remember going out, there were those like super hard, chunky pretzels were always in the dugout, and I'm surprised I didn't crack my molars off. But I, I remember that was a fun memory I had from my times playing Little League. Looking out at this facility, we got great fencing, some great scoreboards, but obviously I'm sure there's some ideas you guys have to, to further improve the facility here. And obviously any improvements take money. So what are some renovations or improvements or ideas you guys have to, to make this facility even better? I think if you ask anybody on the board, they may agree that I'm a bit of a dreamer and often people on the board need to reel me in just a little bit. But if I were to dream five years out from today, we have, we'll call them upper fields and lower fields here. Our upper fields, which are currently baseball oriented, would be altered to a degree where we'd have the proper distance from home plate to the fence because currently our fields are a little bit small. They would accommodate baseball and softball. They would be lit, that we would have lights, and that they would be tournament quality or stadium quality fields. South Baltimore Little League will not only play here, but we'll play on the other side of the harbor and we'll employ different fields for our divisions. But this property, I think the vision, my vision is, and I hope the board comes along and I hope we can raise the money to do it, is to light the entire complex, but have two of the best Little League baseball, softball fields and perhaps even intermediate baseball, which is a slightly bigger diamond, have the best fields on the East Coast. I think it's certainly possible. These are our fields. 
we can do it. And at some point, I think we will come to, back to the community with a plan and ask the community to help us to make this happen. Yeah, the lights would be so huge for so many reasons. I mean, we could really up our capacity mm -hmm. because it would allow us to let the older kids start a little bit later. I mean, right now we're ending a lot of stuff at 7, 7.30 where we could be ending it later if, if we had the lights. And starting later also helps as, I mean, most Baltimore residents know it's not easy to get anywhere in this city, especially between like 5 and 6 o'clock. So if we can start at 6.30 instead of 6, even that half an hour that would take us into darkness mm -hmm. would help people that are coming from other parts of the city to get here and or people to just get home and get their kids and then get them here. So it really would up our capacity and what we can do, what we can offer the community. Lights would be just tremendous. Right. I would just like to say one thing about the community. We have a partner in Volo Sports that uses our fields beginning in July after our spring season is over. And they use our fields here. They bring in their own lights and they are adult leagues and they also have a youth program, but lights would allow them to come out here and use our fields more because we could play a little later and then those fields would be more available. And so therefore, you'd, you wouldn't necessarily have to have kids to benefit from the improvements of the Little League. You could be 32 years old and want to play kickball or softball or, or the games that Volo plays and we could accommodate that as well. So it, it would be Adding lights wouldn't only serve the Little League, it would serve our community as a whole, in my opinion. Very cool. And anybody with school-aged kids knows it's a bit of a hectic time of year right now to figure out what you're going to do with your kids during the summer. So I know the South Baltimore Little League has some options for those families. So tell us about the camps that will take place here in the summer. Yeah, for the last few years, UMBC baseball program has put on a camp here. There are day camps and the kids learn the necessary skills to play baseball, they play games, they have a lot of fun, and they're coming back again this year. The last two weeks of June, and it's at, right after we finish up here with our regular season and championship week and future stars games, et cetera. So those first two weeks of June are very exciting here. We probably should talk about, you'll, you can, you'll be able to find that information and sign up information on our website. And we will also begin to post that in our social media yeah. on Instagram as well as Facebook. So you can find that information. The week of the 17th of June and the week of the 24th. Okay. And it's a four-day camp. So Four-day camp, Thursday. yeah. The kids have a blast. It's a really great camp and great people to work with. So there's some deadlines coming up for registration. You guys are also always looking to sell sponsorships. So if people want to play, what do they need to do and how soon? If you want to play baseball this spring, if your player is ready and you want to play baseball this spring, You've got to register by February 15th, midnight. This will be the first year that, that we have a really hard stop. Hopefully, parents can understand that when we have to order uniforms and we have to make teams, and, we and as we are asking sponsors to sponsor our teams, we need to know how many teams we have. And uh, it cannot drag past February 15th. So I am going to ask everyone listening, if your intention is to sign up, please do it now. If you're in what's called our shopping cart, where you have begun to sign up, but you haven't finished the whole thing, please do that now. Anyone who chooses not to play after they've registered, perhaps something else has come up, maybe you can play for your school, or maybe soccer is taking over, we're happy to refund your registration fees. But if you do intend to play, you've gotta be in by the 15th. One caveat to that is our older divisions, intermediate, which are 12 and 13-year-old players, baseball, and juniors, which are 13 and 14-year-old players, 
they're going to have till the end of February to register because we know that their schedules are a little bit more up in the air right now. And if somebody maybe wants to have a team called the Nate Carper Creative Dominators or something, how could somebody go about sponsoring a team or having one of their banners up on the wall? What's the process there? I think the best way to do that, Michelle Coughlin, you alluded to before, the Coughlins are wonderful volunteers in our program. Michelle Coughlin runs our sponsorship program, but the best way to reach her, I think, is to email info at sobolittleleague.org, and we will connect you to Michelle. We have a number of opportunities. Certainly, it'd be great to have your name on the back of a jersey, but we're doing naming rights, too. Some naming rights that are available are for the concession stand, our pavilion, our fields, you could name our fields. And we just have a number of packages for folks who want to support the community and support Little League and also be recognized as a supporter of the Little League. So email us, info at sobolittleleague.org. If anybody has a half a million dollars laying around, we will happily name the lights after you. We will put your name all over those lights and we will let everybody know. That is, that is for sure. We would we'd work with you on that, especially if you have that money and your child is of an age that you want to see them play under those lights. We've got to get on that because it's, it's probably a six month. Coming in from the bullpen here, my uh, question following up, which is something you said earlier in the conversation, same thing, would they go to that same email address if we have anybody that would like to volunteer? You said it takes a lot of man hours to take care of the fields and the facilities. Where would they go to volunteer? That same info at sobolittleleague.org would be a good start, but you can also go onto our website, sobolittleleague.org, and create a login, register, and register as a volunteer there. All volunteers for South Baltimore Little League have to have a background check, so we have to have anyone who volunteers with us in our system to do that. So ask questions, of course, through info at Sobo Little League, but you've gotta be registered in our site in order for us to see you and send you the necessary information. But we would love to have volunteers, and I just put a plug out there. Last year, we had a water leak in our concession in our office buildings, and for most of the season last year, it was under reconstruction. And this year, we are reopening it. Kevin has declined to provide all the pizzas we need forever <laughs> in there, although from time to time you might see some Kevin Lynch-style pizzas, which we enjoyed last night. And we are looking for someone who would be interested in managing our concession stand. We have an idea of the scope of the work. For certain, it would be every Saturday throughout the season. This is a paid position. So if you're out there and you're listening and you like food and you like to manage people and 12-year-olds, uh, this is for you. <laughs> uh, we're going to pay you and we'd love to work with you. So reach out to info at sobolittleleague.org if you're interested. You'll see that on social media soon too. Well, once all the sponsors are up on the walls and the crack of the bat is going and everybody's signed up and we've got a five-star chef in our concession stand. There's yeah. going to be a parade and an opening day to celebrate all this. And why <laughs> should the community come out to the opening day parade? It's a great tradition in South Baltimore. And I think a lot of people in the neighborhood have great memories of the South Baltimore Little League Parade. So come on out. The parade is a lot of fun and you'll get to see all of our players parading in their uniforms. We may have some luminaries as part of it, but we all end here at the Little League at the fields, and we're gonna have a lot of food, breakfast, special items, and a presentation, and a kickoff of the year, and we'll have we'll sing the national anthem. And it's gonna be like a festival atmosphere for that morning. 
So we invite the community to come out and enjoy being at the Little League Fields. And what's the day of that again? The 6th of April. Thanks so much for sharing the story of South Baltimore Little League with our audience. And come on out and support the boys and girls, even if you're, you're not directly involved. I want to thank uh, Eli for taking this morning to be here and talk about South Baltimore Little League softball. And thanks to Kevin for all his work on our board and for having us on the podcast. We're, we're thrilled to be here and we can talk later about fall ball. I want to reiterate that Brenda and I are just two of the cogs that make this thing work. And so if there's anybody out there that wants to volunteer and get involved, please reach out. We'd love to have as many members of the community involved. And, and thank you again for having us on the podcast. South Baltimore Little League board meeting sometimes, which doubles what you'll see at a lot of neighborhood meetings. So this is a there's a lot of people <laughs> that are very passionate, very involved and show up. So awesome. there's, there's no mystery why this is a successful organization. And thank you all for tuning in. Remember to hit that like and subscribe button. See you this spring at a baseball game.